You're listening to the Hey Shantae podcast, the podcast where I sit my guests down and we talk about passions and inspirations and sometimes fear. You're probably wondering why. Because I'm nosy. Thanks for coming back to another episode of the Hey Shantae podcast. It's me, Shantae, and today in the studio, I have, in the studio, <laughs> I have Dean Hada. Go ahead and say hi, Dean. Hello, hello. Dean, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What are you? What are you here for? I'm here, I think you're interested in my DJing career and yes. lifestyle, etc. Absolutely. I'm so excited to hear what it's like for you to be a DJ, so let's just dive on in. So... There, obviously, there's a stereotype about being a DJ, like late hours, you're a bum, you, you do drugs, <laughs> you're constantly like high all the time, you're dirty. How do you break that wow. DJ stereotype? Um, I think <laughs> I'm not, I'm yeah, none of those, right now. I'm none of those things. No, <laughs> I'm not high right now. I think, I don't know where that stereotype or those stereotypes come from. I, uh, maybe for a producer who's DJing to get their name out there, maybe, mm-hmm. and is not really, it has, they know what they're going to play and they know what they're going to do, so maybe they're not as stressed out or, or as uh, present about it. But yeah. for me, as a working DJ and like having all of my friends that are DJs that are also working DJs, working meaning either we have a residency or we're DJing often, like that, that's not a part of our dynamic. Mm-hmm. When you say residency, for the audience, or my listeners rather, can you explain what that means? Uh, it means you have a regular gig. You know, uh, uh, a club or a bar or lounge uh, has you regularly, at least like once a month. Oh, okay. a pretty good residency. Yeah. So you have, like, you have a job. Yes. Because whenever someone's like, oh, yeah, I'm a DJ, I automatically like, roll my eyes and go like, oh, you don't have a job. You just <laughs> press play on Apple yeah. Music. Yeah, uh, it's true. I mean, there's it's easy to be a DJ, just as easy as it is to be a photographer or anything else. Yeah, you know, all you easy. need to do is know how to press buttons. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a red residency? <laughs> Right now, I don't have one. I'm actually just kind of DJing with friends that either want me to partner with them or, um, or you know, they just they need a guest or they need me to cover. Yeah. So I've been kind of do, I I had a residency like pretty long winded one um, for f- almost five years. Oh wow! So I'm just kind of taking a break. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but you know, I have a son on the way, so just kind of you know, yeah. You don't want to like jump in and take a residency and then have to take a break for three months. Right. It just wouldn't. It, you know, when you're when you have a residency, you have one because people are coming to see you again and again. Right. You build a rapport with the crowd. You change your playlist every time, and you know, obviously, the really good DJs take it seriously. And so, I think right now, when I was looking, so I was looking to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I didn't want to make that commitment because it's just easier this way. Yeah. Um, and I still, you know, I get to do weddings and corporate events. Do you have a DJ name? It's Doctor Octopus. So I do Wait, have a DJ name. What is it? It's Doc, doc, doc it's Dr. Octopus, but people call me like Doc Oct or they, they blend my name together because my website doesn't have like spaces. So they just call yeah. me like Drock or Droctopus. Oh, that's so, so any funny. of those are acceptable. And is it because, because your arms go everywhere? What, so I, I got the name from a lyric by RZA, um, in one of his grave diggers. Grave Diggers albums in like you know, the this? late nineties. RZA from the Wu Tang Clan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and I, he he said it. He was obviously referencing the comic book at that time. The, the Marvel universe did not exist quite yet, oh, uh, movie oh, wise. Okay. Anyway, so at that time it was cool. Yeah, I was like, I'd be a DJ. I would be able to handle eight turntables <laughs> at one time or something crazy like that. So that's where I got the name from. Um, 
and I was using it like at the time I was doing like like fake rapping on like a college you know radio Shut station with a friend. Up. Yeah, really? it, was, it was awful. Yeah, oh, if I ever so find the recording, I'll send it to you so you could laugh at it. It's oh, it's pretty love. bad. I love a good laugh. I couldn't even like read the freestyle correctly. That's so <laughs> yeah, funny. It was funny. Oh, that's so great. So you mentioned turntables. Um, just can you explain what turntables are, just in case people don't know? Turn. T- I mean, it's a it's a record player, you know, uh, basically. So um, the I believe I I haven't actually looked at the Wikipedia definition, mm-hmm. but I mean, it comes from you know old school turntables were actually a the the platter was turning and it was usually like by pulley system or mm-hmm. like by uh, sorry not pulley uh, belt driven, so that's kind of where the turntable name came from for the most part. But the the turntables that you use, they don't have a needle, do they? I I have both. So oh, if I'm okay. doing like I like a wedding or a corporate gig or something where I have to DJ for like four or five hours. I'm not as good with tables because I don't practice on tables as much, even though I own two turntables and a mixer, just like the traditional setup. Um, I also have like a couple controllers, which I, I like a lot because I can be very creative. What is the I don't controller? Have to, it's the same thing, but like you said, no needle. It's, it's just very digital. It has buttons, lots of buttons, lots of effects, and it allows me to... I can I could play whatever essentially. I don't even have to practice the songs. Okay. And I can play whatever I want. I could take requests and I don't necessarily have to worry about the mechanics of the turntable, which is a whole nother like skill set, I would say. Interesting. There's this television show on Netflix. I can't remember what it's called. You've probably seen it. It was the one where the kids and they were learning how to be a DJ, like introducing spinning or whatever. Yeah. And I learned how to spin or like mix the the album with the the wax crayon. Did you see that show? I didn't see that one. I no. wish I knew what it was called. There's so much on Netflix. I don't remember what it's called. It's got Will Smith's son in it, Jaden Smith in it, and then so many other people. And then it's like I don't know. It was all about like DJ mixing and stuff. You might like it, but anyway, it was interesting because when they you know do the scratching thing, you had to like find the perfect part to scratch, and then they put the the crayon on it so he can feel it. Oh yeah, for sure. Do you do that? I used to do. do scratching? I actually used to put. Uh, I would cut out a triangle, if mm-hmm. you can imagine, or like a pe- imagine like a slice of a pie uh-huh. shape from a post-it note. And I would put that on on the on the records, so okay. I knew where the start was, or I knew where the tra- you know if I if it was an album that I bought, which would have like you know four or five tracks per side, you would have to mark it, yeah, definitely, so you could quickly mix between records. How long have you been DJing? Since so the first time I touched tables was like late nineties, ninety five, ninety six, through some friends who had turntables. I wasn't really DJing; I was just interested. Yeah. And then when I went to college, uh, which again, like late nineties, I had uh, a dorm mate that had turntables, and I was able to oh, practice cool. there. I got to DJ a few parties in college, uh, especially towards the end. Like this is like early two thousands, so that's when I I started DJing, and I've been I've been pretty much DJing ever since. I took a break. And it kind of went into producing, and then I got back into DJing around 2006, seven, um, and then I've been so yeah, I've been DJing for a long time. What gravitated you towards DJing? I think it was just, it, you is know, honestly, right? is that a word? Gravitated? Yeah, I mean, you have to be in. You know, I I had friends who were into it, and that made me interested at least. Yeah, and then I think. You know, when I was when I in college, I would produce beats like 
like nonstop. I'd, I'd go to school or class, I'd come home, and then I would produce like one or two beats, something really quick, nothing, mm. nothing special. Um, and then, you know, I didn't really see like producing for me going anywhere. I, I couldn't envision like this beat is going to get picked up by this artist and I'm going to make it big. I just didn't have that drive. Yeah. In the, it was more like a fun hobby for me. Okay. Um, and with DJing, like DJing was different. I got to, I could basically play other people's music and if I could mix well or do the, you know, the right kind of blend or at the time, you know, I don't really scratch DJ as much now, but you know, when I, when I was DJing in the nineties and early two thousands, I was. And so it was, it was a better way to control or be an artist anyway, control how I was, was being projected as an artist. Mm -hmm. Whereas when, you know, making beats just, I, you know, it was just for fun and maybe I would sell like a hundred CDs, yeah, nothing big. Right. But with DJing, I could be in different, you know, clubs and bars yeah. and, and interact with so many more people and still be, you know, perceived as an artist. Right. Right. I think that's what drew, drew me to, you know, being a DJ in the first place. Yeah. That freedom. To that freedom. Yourself. A lot of DJs from that era, like that, they, we always joke, like we, we, we sort of did it to like meet girls, like at parties, <laughs> but like if he, Yeah. Like that movie house party. Yeah. But really, you know, like some of like the really good scratch DJs, like most of their fans are guys. That's so funny. <laughs> Which is really funny. So that's kind of like an ongoing joke. Like, you know, we, you do it to meet girls, but in reality, like most of your friends, most of the people you meet are guys anyway. That's funny. Um, describe your style of music that you, like, their, your preference. Because I'm sure, like, whenever you go somewhere and someone's like, play this for me, play this for me, mm -hmm. but what is the music that you, like, this is my sound, this is what you'll know me by? I think right now, you know, last six or seven years, it's been kind of that, it's like hip-hop and R&B at the, at the basis, mm -hmm. but there's different variations of hip-hop and R&B, as, right. as yeah. there would be, you know, 20 years later, right? Right. So... Um, I think some people kind of conceive it as like future or wavy. It kind of depends on what's wavy. Wavy's like, for me, you know, like if you listen to like Soul Election or you, or, or if you want to picture like a, a slow disco beat, like not not okay. too fast up tempo, but just not hip hop, and you mix like that beat with like either rap or some kind of Afro beat or or, okay. or R and B or hip hop, like mm -hmm. so just faster. A faster version of hip hop and R and B. I like that vibe a Interesting. lot. Interesting, wavy. I'll and send you some. I'll send you some some like remixes so you can kind of get the gist of it. It'll it'll be artists that you know, mm -hmm. but it's just like either a sped up version or a slowed down version of of those tracks. So there's like a different vibe to it, like a very obvious right, like dancey vibe. Is this music that you have mixed yourself? No, I mean, I've done a couple of, like, you know, remixes just, mm -hmm. uh, or, or like, I guess you would call them edits, but yeah. um, no, this is like other people's music that I find on SoundCloud, Twitter, social media. When you DJ and you are like playing artists' music, obviously, and you do do like a mix, let's say, do you have to like buy the rights to that? Or how do you get away with playing around with other people's sounds? I think you're under, I can't remember what it's called, but you're under, You if, if you're DJing, you don't have to get rights to the music, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm generally only, you're only playing the music for a minute anyway, and um, yeah, that, there's no way to... So that isn't like... Yeah. Fun. And I buy my music anyway. I can't, I can't stream it, um, and I'm not into pirating, because I, I believe in supporting <laughs> no the artist. No LimeWire for you? No LimeWire for me. <laughs> so, Yeah. Um, there's a, there's, you're under like a, a copyrighted, like law as a DJ for the most part, like radio wise, you have to pay, um, royalties right. 
because that's different because you're selling commercial time. But as a DJ, you're not doing that. I guess that's because you're not playing the entire song. But if you were playing the entire song, you would then have to think about that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's that. And it's also like, um, you know, you know, DJ club DJs, you're, you're putting the artist's music out there. You're giving right. them a shout out anyway. So it kind of. I think it works both ways. Yeah, like why would you get mad? Like why, yeah, would, I why would you get, get mad, mad that you're, you're playing my song? That's exactly what I've, I want. To yeah, happen. and I've seen like big artists, small artists, like on on uh, on Instagram or social media, like mm-hmm. you know they'll post like, oh, I'm at the club and they're playing my track, and they're like yeah. super excited. And so, um, I think yeah, that for DJs we don't have to worry about that. Well, that's cool. That's interesting because I always wondered like, oh, this you mix like Donna Summers with like I don't know who's cool. Donna Summers. Donna Summers uh, mixed with some like new person. Bruno Mars. Yes. That, <laughs> and I was always wondering like, how do they get away with doing that? But I guess it because you're only playing like snippets. I guess it doesn't really yeah. matter. And it's at a it's at a club. I mean, it's you know, yeah. it's a one off. It's not it's not a uh, something where you're selling like commercial time or making like a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So when you were mixing, because I said you you don't do too much mixing nowadays, but when you were putting songs together, what was that process like? Like, how did you know, like, for example, like I just did, like, how did you know, like, a Donna Summer song was going to, like, mix well with Bruno? Well, uh, so what I meant was, like, scratching and, like, like that kind of stuff. I don't do that as much because I typically am not good on, (laughs) I'm not good at doing it, like, on on a controller. I'm, I'm okay at doing it on a turntable, but I think for me... I have so many friends that are excellent at it, right. like expert level, great, and so I just don't really, I will do it as a as like a, a novelty, but I'm not like battle scratching or running double or another term is called doubles and like crazy stuff in my sets. So I'm purely mixing and blending and remixing live in my sets. That's kind of what I focus on. I think that's my thing. Oh, so you don't have it prepped? You no, press I rarely I rarely prep anything really yeah i mean that's why so for me for so the aura or the, there's a stigma with especially with djs that are using controllers that they're just kind of button pushing and they're not really like paying attention right or maybe I like big club dj or big club djs you know uh or sorry big producers are kind of playing like a a, a programmed set that they've already played out or, or already planned out mm-hmm. so they're not really like taking any risks they know that they're going to play these 12 songs in this hour and then that's that's it okay so there's you know there's a criticism there um i don't really i don't care it doesn't bother me at all but for me that's what i like about what has changed from what i did with just two turntables Mm -hmm. and like maybe i don't think i ever bought more than like four crates of records so i wouldn't have more than 100 records on me that now having you know twenty thirty thousand songs at my fingertips, including like internet, yeah, that I can I can just download and take a request of something maybe I don't even have. I've even like ripped something from SoundCloud for like a wedding. They really wanted this remix, and I'm like I can't even I can't buy it. And we found it, and I actually like had to record it off of SoundCloud. And while I'm DJing, like with my left hand, and then on my lap and my on my right hand on my lap and the laptop, I'm like you know ripping the song yeah. essentially just to play it. So I like having that freedom. Um, and I've been DJing long enough that I can do that. Like, I don't need to know exactly what I'm playing. I just need to have maybe 200 or 300 songs yeah. for like a couple hours. Or I'll have maybe, like for when I was doing commissary at the Line Hotel, I would have like a thousand tracks for four hours of DJing or five hours of DJing. Wow. Yeah. And I wouldn't know like what direction I would play. I would just know like, okay, I kind of remember what I did last time, last mm-hmm. you know Sunday I was here. So this Sunday I'm going to avoid, I can look at the play count. In, mm-hmm. in my software so I can say okay I played the song I've played this song four or five times in the last like two months so I won't play this one so I'll just kind of delete those from 
my playlists and I'll just so my mix will be completely different the next time around that's so interesting that you do improv like on the spot because I always just figured that you had like oh I have this gig on Saturday well Monday Tuesday I'm gonna get it all together and Mm -hmm. then have it and then you go and play that's so cool yeah, if you ever check out my SoundCloud, those mixes are actually, like, to answer your first question, those mm-hmm. are done by ear. So I had to, like, figure out what the key or the melody was for this song, and I would blend it with this song because mm-hmm. I knew they sound sounded good together just by ear. Um, and now my mixes, I mean, I can do it by software. The software tells me if they're yeah. going to match or not. Oh, really? So it's che- it's complete cheating. But I use that as an advantage yeah. to make my mixes that much better because now I have this advantage, so I'm not going to be like a lazy dj and just whatever mm-hmm. i'm gonna take all of the blessings that the software is giving me and and just kind of take my mixing to the next level what software is this i use tractor sometimes serato because a lot of club uh a lot of club djs use like serato but i i prefer tractor it's just easier for me because i've been using it for so much longer yeah so um it that coupled with you know there's another software that i'll use um every now and then mixed in key mm-hmm um, I can, I can do anything with any group of songs. That's so cool. Are you musically trained? Like, did you study music? I didn't. I did it up until junior high. I played uh, clarinet. Oh, so you actually play, know how to play an instrument? Not really, not anymore. But I mean, I my my dad's a jazz musician. He's a jazz oh, guitarist, okay. like like you know, old school kind of bebop, twelve bar blues, jazz yeah. guitarist. And uh, my mom was also like a classically trained like piano player, oboe player. Um, so I have like, you know, a, a good background yeah. in music, you know, family wise. Mm-hmm. So, so, you grew up just like so my ear music. is good. I just, you know, I don't, as a skill, I'm not, I can't read music or anything like that. Yeah. Or, or I don't know what key a song is in just by listening to it. I played the clarinet in sixth grade, but I didn't like my teacher. Mm. My teacher was really rude and annoying and I just <laughs> didn't respect her at all. So I quit. But I kind of like wish I hadn't because I played the violin and the clarinet, but again, I didn't like either of my teachers. Well, that's a bummer. I wish I hadn't quit either. I um, I ended up playing basketball, unfortunately. <laughs> that's funny. I was chasing uh, the ability to dunk and play basketball. Oh, well, now you can like get shoes that can make you jump <laughs> yeah. super high. Yeah, exactly. So what goes into actually like DJing? Like what is, what is your setup? So you said that you have the spin... Table, table, turn. What? You would either have, yeah, you would have two turntables and a mixer, you know, a left side and a right side. Okay. Does uh, it matter it, which side is which side? Is no, it, I mean, they're, they're, the, the two turntables are the same and the mixer oh, can play, okay. uh, the mixer can play, you know, one side or the other side or both obviously together. Okay. That's what the mixer does. When you go to like your, your jobs, your, your events, whatever, do you have to supply like the speakers and the lighting and, and the stage and things like that? Like what do you have to bring when the you show up? Only time I, I have to do that is either for corporate events or weddings. Okay. Uh, everything else I've, I usually, it's either plug and play or, or, um, I'll bring like a controller or something. How long on. does it take you to set up when you have to bring that stuff like to a wedding or a corporate event? A couple hours. Couple hours. Well, you can't because you can't rush. I mean, you have. I mean, if I'm saying like, let's say I'm set, setting up four speakers and then another set of speakers, and I'm by myself. I mean, yeah, a couple hours. Wow. Easily. So if the event's at eight, you have to be there at four to set up. If the event is at eight, no, like six, 
six. Okay. Like I would probably get there like at five thirty, uh-huh. so I could have a com- like in case I'm missing something or I forget something, which I can do now that I'm getting older, um, and it's, I'll have time to like go to a store and buy it if I really, yeah. really, really was desperate, um, or I couldn't figure out a workaround. So that's what the buffer is. So if I was like hustling, I could do it all in an hour, but okay. it's nicer, especially on a hot day. To take your time, mm-hmm. so you're not like dripping with sweat, and then I'll change, and then I'll DJ. What is your uniform that you wear? Because you know how like death, dead mouth, dead mouse is like a big mouse head, yeah. and then um, what is the around the world around Daft the, Punk? Daft yeah. Punk mm-hmm. has like the helmets. They have the helmets, yeah. And they don't want to be seen. Like, what's your uniform? <laughs> well, for for those events, I usually wear a suit, but I don't. I've never had like other than my glasses. My glasses have been were big when I was like younger DJing and like more uh-huh. like bars clubs um so that was like my my outfit was like large like really large glasses uh and now they're medium to small <laughs> so it's not as big of a it's not like people are like oh look at his glasses but that was that probably was the doing. only defining thing that I would have yeah and my logo you'll see it for those that look it up care to look it up later my logo is an octopus with like big glasses do you bring like the like an octopus like stuff animal. With I've you? Ha- I've had octopus or octopi accompany me every now and then. Yeah, not recently, but yes. Why? Why did you? Why not recently? It it's because people. Well, it depends. Like for like the residencies, I I think some people knew that I was there. Some people didn't know that I was there, so it wasn't like I would have like the logo on my laptop. And then that was kind of the octopus with me okay. for fun. Like my friends, that they, you know, I think one friend like, you know, made a stuffed animal for me and another brought like a, bought like a toy. They saw like a target or something and, mm-hmm. and that would be on stage with me. Well, that's cute. That's a good luck charm, you know? Aw, yeah. Yeah. Do you normally do your gigs alone or do you have like a roadie or somebody to help you? Uh, most of my gigs are by myself. Uh, usually when I do weddings, I'm, I'm, it's, it's all referrals. I don't really advertise or market myself as a wedding DJ. Mm-hmm. So it's all referrals. Okay. And so the ones that I do for friends, you know, I'm, I'm usually by myself. That's that's kind of how we save uh, money there. For the bigger ones that I do with another company, uh, DJZ, those, those, there's a team. Yeah. But those are like, those are bigger productions. When you so do um, gigs alone and you're like, it's late at night, are you ever afraid? For my stuff? Yeah, for like your stuff and, and your physical safety. Honestly, the only time <laughs> only time I was ever afraid was probably outside of Lock and Key at like 2 a.m. <laughs> Which Lock I know like key. everybody that has been there, either that late, um, you know, I would, uh, I think the first time I DJed there, I uh, I walked out and I didn't really know what to expect because I just didn't, wasn't that familiar with Vermont anyway, that area. Mm-hmm. And so like I had all my stuff and I had some cash on me. And then there was like some random people walking by, so I wasn't really sure. It was, it was fine, but I had like went outside and then called, like my Uber home. Yeah. So that was probably that's probably the only time I've ever really been that worried. Maybe sometimes in Chinatown because you're kind of walking through, and uh, like I'll DJ with my friends uh, in Chinatown, uh, like a Generalese or something. And then if I'm leaving by myself and I'm walking through the courtyard to like one of the main streets, that it's it's empty, so it doesn't feel safe, but it also doesn't feel like scary it's just weird because it's yeah. empty on on uh, weeknights yeah. unless it's like friday or saturday so but i'm not really i mean i'm insured so i'm not scared you are insured I, oh you have to be insured yeah um 
what is that like? Because I'm always wondering, like, about people with their big equipment and, like, if, if, if you're, like, in a club or something and someone's, like, drunk and, like, falls over your stuff or, like, spills on your stuff, like, how mm-hmm. how you insure yourself? So, um, well, yeah, there's there's DJ insurance, event insurance, it's kind of all the same. Um, anybody that puts on, like, an event, you have to usually, like, for the big, not the big, but, like, the, the venues that are, like, you know, heavily frequented, mm-hmm. used, they, you have to have like a, it's called like a million dollar like DJ policy. So, oh, really? Um, the deductible is high, mm-hmm. you know, so if anything actually does happen, I'll still have to fork over a decent amount of money, but it's pretty easy to get, you know, DJ insurance. Um, and so I always have that just for safety. Um, I have, I have had someone spill a drink on my laptop and ruin it with, with, without, without, you know, insurance. Yeah. So that was a good learning lesson. Did that ruin the whole rest of the night, or did you have a backup computer? Well, like it's like a, it was like a cranberry. It was what do you call the cranberry vodka cocktail, Cape Cod? Cosmo. Cosmopolitan. Yeah. Something like that. And so, I I wiped it up, and it seemed okay. So I was able to kind of go on, but then by the time I got home, like the, the it, was it was so sticky. sticky, and the computer wouldn't turn on, and so. It took a little while, but yeah, I was able to finish the gig. Luckily. Gosh, that would make me so mad, and I feel like. It, of course, it was an accident. No one did it on purpose, but I wouldn't want to hold that person responsible. I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff. I saw my friend's computer get uh, punched, cracked. So punched? Could, could, yeah. He, the, I don't really remember the actual scenario because I was, I was like on the side. I wasn't mm-hmm. like on stage with him at the time because he was DJing. But basically, the guy wanted him to play a certain type of music. I think like hip hop or R&B in the lounge that we were at was like a nice lounge in Orange County. And they wanted like kind of basically dancey like music yeah. like not edm but like just like house, d- house and you know tech house and stuff like that loungy um house music and so he was like i can't play it i mean it's you know we're being paid to play a certain type of music yeah and the a guy was like super drunk and he just like punched my friend's computer couldn't see the screen i had to take over and wow. so i don't i never I, i'm sure he was insured at that time because this is like not like super long ago but yeah that's insane. I mean, I understand, like, wanting, like, when you're intoxicated, wanting to hear, like, your song because you want, like, groove and be in that vibe. But, like, come on. I know. Well. Like, what are you doing, sir? Calm yourself. Go in the bathroom and listen to your <laughs> yeah. song. It's that important to you. <laughs> exactly. That's, in, that's insane. <laughs> Do you MC at your gigs, too? Do you have a microphone? You're like, yo, what's up, what's up? No. It's DJ Octopus. And- I, uh, I'm not great at that, uh, but... I did have to do like uh, two uh, New Year's Eves ago. I did have to do it with my friend Lonnie. Uh, we're both, we're not introverted, but we're closer to the shy side than the extroverted. Like, yeah, what's up? Really? Um, so I emceed that, which is my first time having to like count down the ball drop. Oh, yeah. Which is a big deal. Like yeah. you don't want to ruin like, you know, <laughs> 150 or 200 people's nights. So that was, it wasn't scary though because, you know, you the adrenaline kind of, Got me going. It was fun. That's so. So I can do it. Like I don't really MC weddings. I always work with another MC, or I have the couple like you know hire an MC. Oh really? Okay. So I was wondering because like when you do weddings, like do you have to like introducing Mr. and Mrs. for the first time? I've only had to do it a few times. You don't like doing it. I don't like doing so. The like the one of the more important parts is like grand entrance. You know, the first time they're coming into the reception after the ceremony, Mm -hmm. and 
that and then like first dance and i like focusing on the music especially mm-hmm. if there's like a timing thing and then the mc can really like get the crowd pumped up yeah there are there are people that i know that can do both really well but i'm just not one of those people yeah it's just not your style not my style so since you don't really mc that much how do you motivate people to come dance to the floor i've never it's either the i've been at a club where it's like empty and it's not a big deal or i've i've never really had that problem i'm really good at reading the crowd people will request music and then I can figure out, okay, based on a couple requests and based on who's dancing and the kind of music that they're responding to. Because yeah. I can play like four or five genres in a, a few minutes if I have to. Right. Just to test the waters and see like what risks are people going to let me take? Or do I have to kind of keep it in this one? Like, let's say like everybody's like really like 25, 30. So they kind of want 2000s or something like that. And maybe, maybe some new and maybe some <laughs> new stuff, right? Yeah. So then I just read the crowd like I'll play 2000s for four or five tracks, get them on my side. And then maybe take a little bit of a risk and see if they like it. If they don't like it, then go back. Yeah. If you um, ever want me to come to the dance floor, all you have to do is play like the cha-cha slide. Sure. And yeah. any like dance that has instructions on how to do their dance or whatever, like song that has instructions, and I'm there. I you got it. don't know what it is, but like, I just love a good slide to the left. Sure. Slide to the right. <laughs> and then I won't have to leave the dance floor ever, ever. That's definitely a popular song at like weddings, especially. Yeah. I'm such a, a nerd for wedding type songs. They're mm-hmm. my favorite. They're just fun, and I don't know. You can just like dance or whatever. Do you, um, do you ever like allow people on y- your booth area? I haven't had to really worry about that, but I don't usually mind. It just, it's just, it depends. Like yeah. it depends on the space, the elbow room. I think for certain events or nights, like it's just part of like the aura of like the DJ booth. There's like some exclusive VIPs up there dancing along. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fun. Um, so you know, for me, it doesn't matter. I yeah. mean, as long as nobody's like bumping into either the turntable or my or my, my laptop or something like that. Right. It's not a big deal. That's cool. Um, so you do, you said that you do song requests, but you have like, I always wonder, okay, because you know like on radio stations, when you call and you're like, hey, um, I want to hear so-and-so and so-and-so. And they're like, okay, gotcha. And then they have to like put it in the queue. Mm-hmm. And then eventually your song will play maybe like an hour later. Is that the same goes with, with you doing it live? Or do you play it right away? It just depends. If it's if it's like my residency, which again, like, you know, that that is more last year for me uh, or the last five years. I, I typically, most DJs don't like requests because they're trying to set a certain tone for their night. Mm-hmm. And so they just don't take requests in general. Oh, so wow. if it's that kind of night, like a like either a club night or or it, you're sort of the star of the show, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Even if half the people there don't even know who you are, those it's a little bit harder to say yes. I'll just play whatever, it, especially if it's like way off. So I'll li- I'll usually listen. Like most DJs will be because you don't want to be the guy with the punched DJ or right. the girl. With the punched, uh, sorry, punched DJ, the punched, punched. laptop. I don't want to get punched either. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you don't want to just aggressively say, no, get off of my stage. So I usually will just nod my head. Yeah, yeah, I'll play it and then maybe not play it at all. See, um, that would give me angry. I know. <laughs> so I'll be like waiting, like, where's my song? I know. So it just you depends. Say. If it, it, yeah, if it's like a second time around for the same person, I'll just say like, it. I'm, I'll try to play it. It's not really going to fit what I'm playing because it's mm. too off. So I'll be honest with them. Um, or I'll just tell them I already played it. There's lots of tricks to kind of avoid oh, man, taking bad it. requests. Um, at weddings, I can I can take requests because the that is a, a night where it's not about me; it's about the couple, yeah, whatever they want. 
whatever the people on the dance floor want. So that's where I can, yeah, take whatever requests. And usually I'll just, if alcohol is involved, I notice if someone comes up to you and they're asking you to play something, um, they're, they want to hear it like right away, which right. is why DJs typically will say no requests. Like they'll just see like no request signs. Oh, okay. Because it's usually very aggressive. It's like a drunk, aggressive request. Like, I don't like what you're playing. Yeah. Play this now. So, yeah. Yeah. No one's going to tell you what to do. This is your turn to be amazing. (laughs) So with rates, how do you negotiate your rate? Like, how do you come up with, like, this is what I'm worth. And then when you go into, like, let's say a wedding event and they're like, I want you to do this. How do you negotiate with that? I usually go by like a flat rate essentially mm-hmm. so um, you like just like i feel like i'm worth this yeah that's basically what and i do like you present that do you do like specials like discounts and like it or if i have to do this then it's increased yeah does it go up and down pretty much so i usually start with like a flat rate and then if it's like i just did a wedding in, in uh, coachella valley so obviously i have to charge more because i'm going to rent a car yeah and the time to go there yeah and come back if, if I just have to show up and just bring, like, let's say a controller or if they already have, like, a setup where I can just plug in my laptop, mm-hmm. much cheaper. Um, it's usually, like, you know, five or six hundred dollars less because I don't have to bring anything. I have to right. bring my speakers. I don't have to risk my equipment. So that is going to obviously be a lot cheaper for, for obvious reasons. Would you say, like, when you hire a DJ, is that, like, an expensive expense? Do you think you should, like, when you're doing, like, an event, let's say I'm doing a birthday party, should I skimp on the DJ or should I make sure, like, oh, I got to get a good DJ with good quality? Does that make sense? If for, from a very biased perspective, mm-hmm. I think music in general, even if it's just a playlist, like, that can make or break a party. Right. And so if you have the money, like, you should never skimp on the DJ. Okay. Uh, because a cheap DJ is only going to be cheap for a reason. Right. Um, I don't even think I have any cheap DJ friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, people ask me, like, well, if you can't do it or you're, or you're too expensive, like, do you have any friends? And then I usually will say no. Like, uh, if they have the money and I can't do it, that's the only time I refer, like, you know, gigs to other friends. Right. But I never, I would never send, I don't have any friends that I would send a gig to because they, uh, you know, they can't afford, you know, my rate. And my rate is not even, in my opinion, not that high. Um, and for weddings, for me, because I take the music so seriously, it's such a big uh, responsibility. Like yeah. I spend hours. I can't even put a number on how many hours uh, or a price on how many hours and how much time I've put, even curating playlists over the last like 10 years mm-hmm. and pulling from those playlists and putting it into another couple's you know wedding. Like that, there's so much time invested there. Right. So I always say pay your DJ. Yeah, because I feel like with weddings, no one actually, like, remembers, like, the vow. No one really, like, remembers the bride walking down except for, like, the groom. Mm-hmm. But people remember the dancing and it's how much fun least, that right? they had at the wedding reception. So I think that's that's very interesting. Do you with do you do karaoke, too? Like I've never had to do karaoke. No, that's no. not. I always wonder, like... At, with the DJ, since you guys have all of this music and anyone's all like, oh, do you karaoke too? Like, do you bring that into your repertoire? But no. I've DJed a few weddings where, and it was, it was, you know, I, I think there were Vietnamese weddings, if I can remember correctly. 
but there it's not karaoke night but they will have a few singers mm-hmm. so that's about as close as i get where they're they're allowing a few ringers to do like a performance of sorts is that awkward for you no because it's time that i don't have to do anything oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i just hit play and yeah. let them sing and they can do whatever they want it's usually not during like when i have the dance floor like pop in yeah and they're like okay now we're gonna stop and do like everybody get off the floor yeah it's it's like during dinner or something so it's just it's just a 30 minute stint of you know someone doing something where i can relax and eat maybe when do you when do you take breaks like besides like weddings and things like that but like if you're like at the club and you're the main person producing the music when do you take breaks when do you go to the bathroom when do you get a drink so for well if it's like a couple hours or if i'm sharing like a set with another dj then i can you know we just split the time so that's not a big deal if it's something like a you know, a four or five hour set, which I've done uh, plenty of times. You just have to be strategic. You know, you I can play maybe a four minute song or a five minute song that that isn't too repetitive. Okay. Um, where the crowd won't notice. Essentially, mm-hmm. I have tons of them, so I'll play that song, and that'll give me. You know, I set a timer on my watch or so uh, my phone. Away. Yeah, and I just say, okay, I got three minutes to go to the bathroom, come back. Okay, that's cool. I was always wondering, because I'm just like, if you're the person that's like in charge of the music, then you have to be in charge of the music the whole night. Exactly, like, when yeah. do you relieve yourself? Because I'm sure, like, because you're standing up there the whole time, right? I'm sure it's like bad on your back and like bad on your knees. Like, it's a, probably a big toll, right? It is. It's a brilliant, you know, for me, uh, this is probably the last four or five years, I discovered compression socks. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, my, my wife also got me a anti-fatigue mat, which is crucial. For long sets so it's like stepping on you know air essentially oh cute uh so that helps with those long sets for yeah. sure but before yeah i mean when i was young i didn't even notice you're but just like whatever whatever i'm, young, I'm not gonna take care of my yeah. body i'll be young forever now it's 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 become like an old man thing comfortable shoes uh you know anti-fatigue mat and compression socks and then i can go you know i can go four or five hours no problem that's cool you but you can't ever sit down right do you have you ever typically no down? sitting down i mean you that's where like i think you know having good music understanding your crowd is really important yeah because it's not like i'm just sitting standing there sitting there playing music and just kind of here's the next track here's the next track like i'm i'm into it yeah i'm looking I, I you know i keep my head up and i look and see who's who's in, who's enjoying it or some people will point at me and say like yeah that's my track and <laughs> you know like or i'll play like an underground like prince track or something not underground but like not mainstream and, pe- yeah, yeah. and then people just like lose their mind because you know i'm playing something random yeah right after like a SZA track you know what i mean so just kind of keeping the crowd guessing a little bit but again like i said Understanding the vibe that people want to be in and then taking like a risk, a, a stepping, like doing a sidestep and just let me see if you guys can handle this. Yeah. Um, I think that's like a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun for me. It's like something I can look forward to. Like I'm, it's kind of like, ch- it's like playing chess. Mm-hmm. Like I want to play this track. I want to mess with people playing this track. I have to earn their respect. I'm going to take 10 songs to get there. And this is how I'm, uh, and then in my head, I'm going to play the songs in some order of mm-hmm. sorts get to this track and see how people respond. So I'm usually thinking like three or four songs ahead, the very minimum, sometimes more. And so that, that energy and that adrenaline keeps me going. So it's not like I'm sitting there for five hours just dreading it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you ever like been in a situation where like you had the crowd and you're like, yeah, like that's my song, DJ play my jam. And the next thing you know, you're like, cool, let's cool. Let's try this thing. And you just completely lost the crowd. Oh yeah, absolutely. What's that feeling like? 
it's a, it's embarrassing for a couple minutes. Uh, it's a, it's embarrassing for a couple minutes, and uh, and you just you just like I said, you you take that risk. It doesn't work out. You go back to exactly what everybody was enjoying. And yeah. You just try to like say, okay, I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> It, it, it doesn't happen a lot, but it, it's happened to me recently. Actually, I think it might have happened earlier this year. I kind of just like fumbled a, a like a track, and and then I had to go back. Yeah. Is it? But it wasn't like a dead cricket silence. Right? No, no. It's just you could tell people weren't feeling. It. It, you know, if five people clearly dance for it looks bad. That's basically right. what it was. Yeah. Oh, that's that'd be so awkward. It'd be like. So let's go back and play. I don't know Wu Tang again, you guys. Come back. Yeah, come back. yeah. It's kind of like that. You kind of joke and like, okay, sorry. It's let me just go. Let me, yeah. Who yeah. put that on? Do you have specialties? Like, what are your go-to songs? Like this year, I guess. Like 2019. I, I like a bunch of music has come out so far, and like the end of last year, I feel like a bunch of music came out too. So like, what are your like go-to songs? You're like, this is gonna, this right here is gonna get people popped. Honestly, I don't have any new ones. Uh, only because I, f- I feel like where I've been DJing, it's a lot of people just like old school. So yeah. stuff like Ciara or like Missy Elliott still gets the crowd pumping. I like that you, you said know what I mean? Ciara. Ciara. Oh, fancy. I know it's Ciara, but I like saying Ciara. <laughs> uh, so Missy Elliott can get any. I don't care. You know, who like you stuff are. like Missy that. Like those like gonna get you those up. like not old school, but maybe like mid two thousands. You know, club tracks are still pretty popular. Yeah. Um, I think because nostalgia hits so close to home all the time and it gives you a good feeling and it gives like that vibe, that vibration starts going and that's why people are like, oh my God, I remember this song and it brings you back to like good memories and people love to get up and dance about a good memory. Yeah. And then people definitely like, you know, Drake and Rihanna and and tracks like that. Gross. I know. Except Rihanna all the day, but I don't care for Drake. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite kind of event to perform in? I like I like the lounge or the club or like not club the lounge like bar vibe a lot. Yeah. You know something where people are either chilling or maybe some people are dancing or a mix. Uh, I typically like that the most because then I can I can play tracks that are still kind of like that nice little wave or vibe right, mm-hmm. and people are dancing, but it's also something that if you could sit at the bar and have a conversation with someone if you wanted to. Yeah. Like that's pretty, and that fits like my personality too, you know. Like I'm not on the dance floor when I go out for four hours straight. I'm kind of maybe a little bit of dancing and then you know hanging out at the bar, or hanging out on the side. Yeah, I have a question though when it comes to like volume levels okay. of the music. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but mm-hmm. I feel like the music is just so like so loud in bars and clubs. Is it because that's what the owners are telling you to play at or is that like to your own discretion of how loud you want it to be it depends it's different i there's one place uh i dj with a friend i won't say it, but the the music there to me seems really loud yeah. like i and i my ears are are probably somewhat damaged over the years of you know? course uh, especially like when i was producing i would i would i didn't have monitors for the most part i had um headphones mm-hmm. so i'd be listening to you know music and mixing down stuff mm-hmm. in headphones blasting it and you know my ears would be ringing when i go to bed so and i wear and i bring i have earplugs almost everywhere as much Good, as possible yeah. to protect my ears but yeah there's some places where it's just i either the the main sound engineer there or the club owner is is going deaf so he doesn't know or he just feels like it's part of or she feels like it's part of like what they want yeah and then there's other places where I'm like, oh, it sounds perfect. The monitors on stage or the monitors in the DJ booth are perfect. Or I can control them. I don't have to blow my ears out. Yeah. 
So it's a mix. It really depends. Yeah, because I feel like if it's too loud, then that just kills. It could be a great song, but if I can't hear the person like next to me comfortably, it just ruins my yeah. whole mood. And then I'm just like, oh my god, I turn into an old woman. Turn it down. Yeah, just one wreck it. One of my friends that I DJed with, he liked the monitors really loud, mm-hmm. and I think it was just because he was a little bit older and maybe his ears were going or whatever. So they were loud. So I actually would have to keep a, a head, one of the headphone. Uh, cups on one side of my ear to protect my ear my left side let's mm-hmm. say and then on the right side to hear like the house sound and then also just general whatever yeah like people um, I would keep an earplug on that side in the so DJ booth so I would actually like, have to wear earplugs like this and have it on one side yeah oh I thought but, that was just for style no no it's <laughs> so you, you you gotta be able you gotta make sure that it's playing if you if you're too in the headphones and you can't hear like the mix that on the floor sense. so you have to be able to hear that um I can usually, yeah, I, usually, I need to have at least one up and then maybe I'll take it down for a breather and then put it back up. Mm-hmm. But, some, you know, if the monitors on stage are too loud and I can't control them, I'll have to have earplugs on both sides, which is difficult because now I'm hearing a muffled version of the mix. Crazy. To protect my ears. So I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just like, turn the music down just a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. So as we mentioned earlier, you're going to be a new daddy. Yeah. And obviously, like, with being a new daddy, it's going to be a lot of newfound experiences and a lot of new work. Um, and you're going to have to be up late nights with your wife, like helping her with breastfeeding and changing diapers and all that stuff that comes into parenting. So how will that, being a new daddy, change your DJ lifestyle? I mean, there won't. I don't think there will be a DJ lifestyle. Yeah. I've purposely, you know, my, my summer is like blocked out, so... Is that when the baby's coming? Yes, yeah, uh, July twenty first. So you know, summer's like blocked out. There's no gigs booked until maybe September. Yeah. So and then, interestingly enough, September to December is sort of getting busy already. But the weddings, that's wedding season, right? Weddings and some corporate events that um, I just got lucky um, booking. Right. So yeah, we'll see. That's exciting. But I'm gonna take a break for sure. Yeah. How? Or have you even thought, like, how are you going to incorporate music with your baby? Like, are you going to teach your baby how to scratch? Sure. Well, I mean, so it, it'll be there. So <laughs> I'm sure it's a, it's a boy. So I'm sure he's going to want to at least play with it. Oh, it's a boy. Yeah, it's a boy. So, yeah, I mean, I'll introduce him to the turntables and show him. And we have, you know, I have tons of vinyl. So he'll get to play and learn from a traditional DJ standpoint first, of course. Yeah. And so I'll teach him, you know, all the all the, uh, I guess, like the, the rules and the, and, and, you know, basic mechanics. Are you so excited to do that? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty awesome. We have to figure that out. And then of course, like maybe a sport. So, but we'll we'll give it time. Yeah. How exciting. So that's interesting. And you're perfectly like cool. Like, oh, my baby's coming by DJ. And like, that's, you don't have any regrets or anything. No, I mean, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, late thirties, I'll be 40 soon. So, you know, one of the reasons I think, at least for me personally, then also, in conversation with my wife, you know, we, we waited till the right time. This is like a good time. Yeah. I'm not trying to pursue like a crazy like DJ career and go on tour for two years. You know, like that's right. That it's not that I couldn't do that maybe in the future, mm-hmm. but those that that's probably most likely in the past, you know, like I'm in a good place. Yes. I can easily take a break and I'm super happy with, you know, the things that I have accomplished as a DJ, mm-hmm. you know, taking three months off is, is not a big deal. Yeah, so you're not going to, like, lose your 
skills and you're not going to lose your, what am I trying to say? Yeah, your skills, your drive, your your connection to music. Connections, yeah. yeah no. Well, that's great. Yeah, not at all. So, we're starting to wind down a little bit. It's part of the episode where we wind down. So, what are some tips that you can provide upcoming DJs? People who are like, oh, I want to DJ. I want to be able to, you know, express myself through music and make ha- make sure people have fun. What are some tips that you can give those people? I think, honestly, to be themselves. Uh, I think in a world where there are so many DJs mm-hmm. and it's pretty easy to become one, and if you have like the right connections, maybe even get a gig quickly. I think it's important to be yourself and to really play, at least if you're trying to get a gig, like play music that you enjoy mm-hmm. rather than just do it for money or play, you know, take a gig uh, with music that you're not really into. So I think finding, you know, your sound uh, amongst artists that you enjoy listening to and do and fall and pursuing that first and foremost. Yeah. You know, outside of the obvious, like practicing every day and things like that. Because I see a lot of DJs that will, if in the very early stages of their career, just kind of try to get gigs for money and then get sucked into that those gigs. Mm-hmm. And they never really get a chance to be themselves in the beginning when it's the most, like, I think important time where you're kind of identifying who you're going to be as a DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they miss that part because they're just kind of doing it uh, they, you know, for money essentially, yeah. yeah. Money, money, for the money, wrong money. reasons, yeah. Well, that's great, you guys. So, when you want to be, what's a good? Hold on, sorry. What's a good starter kit? Starter kit? Yeah. I think I'm these sure days everything's so expensive. If you can afford it, you you're gonna want to always start with tables. There, every like big DJ will tell you for the most part that it's it's nice to know the roots of DJing mm-hmm. with two turntables and a mixer, and you can you don't have to get like fancy like techniques. Or some of the you know the ones that are like over five hundred bucks a pop, you can you can buy used turntables. My first two tables, uh, one of which I still have now, that I've had since like literally like two thousand, wow, uh, is still working. And I bought it used from Guitar Center, so you can start there. If if you're not interested in the skill of you know vinyl, I mean there's two hundred fifty dollar controllers that come with a like a, a like a streamlined kind of basic version of Serato and it's 250 bucks and then you just buy headphones and you're good to go you can, oh, you can okay, DJ cute. anywhere so there's plenty of starter packs that's great you can google search that <laughs> google search it <laughs> alright well this was a fun episode I learned so much about DJing did you have fun talking about it? I did have fun talking about it good. yeah absolutely um, do you want to plug anything where people can find your music or if they want to book you before the summer comes sure sure I mean you can find me You can. my name is very SEO friendly D-R-O-C to P-U-S you can you can find me anywhere I have, that's my website my Instagram handle my Twitter handle my Facebook handle okay cool so you can find me there and my you can either DM me or email me that's awesome well thank you so much for coming into the studio and, and talking about your passion of DJing and, and letting us know that you're expecting a baby boy in the yeah, summer yeah thank you for having me it's such a huge honor thank you yeah not a problem I was so excited to know more about DJing especially from you coming that you've been doing it for so long like you're a DJ yeah. from like the DJ time period. So that was really great. <laughs> um, so that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Hey Shante podcast. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, it's Hey Shante Pod. And if you want to follow me, the host, it's, it's Shante Chanel across all social media as well. And again, thank you so much, Dean, 
or Dr. Octopus, right? Yeah, you got Coming it. Coming into my <laughs> studio. I really appreciate it. All right, you guys have a good day. Bye.